Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlux's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlux partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlarksvip.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 14th of February and the main stories in the brief this week are The government's attempts to continue EU trade deals post-Brexit are yet to yield considerable results, with only seven deals currently secured. The UK currently trades with 69 countries under preferential EU free trade agreements, which will end after Brexit. Despite the efforts of ministers to maintain the continuity of these deals after Britain's departure, only £16 billion worth of the existing £117 billion of trading has been secured. International Trade Secretary Liam Fox is yet to reach agreements with many of the UK's major trading partners, including Canada, Japan and Turkey. Sources have said the department is unlikely to sign a sufficient number of deals to sustain trade before the Brexit deadline on the 29th of March. British businesses have expressed their concern over the potential loss of access to markets without a deal. Ali Renison, Head of Europe and Trade Policy at the Institute of Directors, said it was vital the government updated businesses on its progress, claiming... The needs of firms trying to prepare for any disruption need to be given the utmost priority. Elsewhere, Transport Secretary Chris Grayling is facing renewed calls for his resignation after it emerged he ignored expert advice before handing a no-deal Brexit contract to a ferry company without any ships. Grayling is said to have ignored the significant execution risks flagged by consultants hired to examine Seabourne Freight's ability to fulfil the ferry services. The £13.8 million deal has since collapsed after Seabourn Freight, which has no history of running ferry services, lost the crucial backing of Arklow Shipping. Grayling has defended the contract, claiming no taxpayer money had been lost as a result of its collapse. However, the Department for Transport is now facing a lawsuit brought by Eurotunnel against the deal's secretive and flawed procurement process. The Secretary of State for Digital, Culture, Media and Sport has raised concerns over connections between dating apps and sexual exploitation. Jeremy Wright questioned measures taken to ensure child safety on apps such as Tinder and Grindr. After it emerged, police have investigated over 30 child rape cases linked to the platform since 2015. The minister said he would be contacting the companies to ask how they keep children safe, including verifying their age and pledged to take further action on the problem. Wright's statement follows a report published in the Sunday Times revealing there has also been 60 cases of child sex offences via dating apps, including assault, grooming and kidnapping. Responding to the report, Tinder said it scanned profiles for red flag images and asked users to report any profiles which appeared to belong to minors. Grindr similarly issued a statement, claiming its team is constantly working to remove improper underage use of the app. More than 200 academics have spoken out in support of this week's school strikes. Thousands of British school pupils are expected to take to the streets to protest the government's lack of meaningful action to tackle climate change. UK academics, including almost 100 professors, have written to The Guardian to voice their support, 
saying those taking part have every right to be angry about the future that we shall bequeath to them if proportionate and urgent action is not taken. Currently, there are more than 50 confirmed protests planned by pupils across the UK, with most demonstrations set to be held on Friday. The action comes as part of a movement started by 16-year-old Greta Thunberg. The Swedish schoolgirl inspired a series of school strikes across Europe after holding a solo protest outside Sweden's parliament in September last year. In UK news, Sadiq Khan is set to announce a pilot scheme which will see knife crime offenders tagged with tracking devices. The London mayor is launching the scheme to tackle a spate of knife violence in the capital. Set to begin on the 18th of February, 100 knife offenders deemed likely to commit further crimes will be subject to GPS tagging by the police. The tags will follow the movements of the offenders, logging them against the location of reported crimes and relaying significant matches to the police. Karina Heckroot, head of the National Probation Services Extremism, Gangs and Organised Crime Unit, said these tags will provide a constant physical reminder of an offender's licence conditions, encouraging them to comply. The number of young adults living with their parents has soared, according to a report from think tank Civitas. The number of 20 to 34-year-olds living at home has risen from 2.4 million in 1997 to 3.4 million in 2017, amounting to more than 25% of the age group. The rise has been broadly attributed to high rental rates and unaffordable housing prices. The report also describes a collapse in single living, with those moving out of home now far more likely to be living with partners or friends. The think tank claims the findings have significant implication for the government's house-building targets. Civitas editorial director Daniel Bentley said the government's failure to recognise the number of young people unable to move out of the family home could reinforce an undersupply for housing for decades. Justice Secretary David Gork has confirmed no-fault divorces are to be introduced into law. Currently, anyone seeking a divorce must have been mutually separated for two years or prove their partner is at fault of either adultery, desertion or unreasonable behaviour. If couples do not agree on proceedings, applicants must live apart for five years before they can divorce. The new legislation is set to reform this, removing the need for couples to allocate blame or endure the protracted separation period. Gork is expected to introduce the law in the next session of Parliament. It follows a consultation launched by the Justice Secretary last autumn, which revealed overwhelming support for the reform proposals. The family of missing pilot David Ibbotson have spoken out on their determination to find his body, saying, we just know we can't leave him out there on his own until we have tried to do everything we can. The 59-year-old pilot was flying the plane carrying Cardiff City footballer Emiliano Sala when it disappeared over the English Channel on the 21st of January. Sala's body has since been recovered from plane wreckage on the seabed off Guernsey. More than £140,000 has been raised in a campaign to continue the search for Ibbotson, including a donation of £27,000 from French footballer Kylian Mbappe. Speaking on ITV's Good Morning Britain, Ibbotson's wife said she hoped recovering her husband's body would allow the family unit to be back so we can go and visit him, and just to know that he's there. Police have been asked to investigate Sir Philip Green following allegations he groped a female executive and racially abused an employee. MP Peter Kyle contacted the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Cressida Dick, requesting the force investigate the claims, saying it is clear that some of his behaviour warrants criminal investigation. According to allegations published in The Telegraph, the Topshop tycoon has signed non-disclosure agreements with five employees to keep their complaints confidential following action against him at the High Court. Sir Philip has maintained his innocence, denying that any of his behaviour towards employees was criminal or amounted to gross misconduct. MP Robert Halfon has called on the government to scrap GCSE qualifications. 
Halfen leads the Commons Education Select Committee and has claimed GCSEs should be replaced by a baccalaureate qualification, offering pupils more access to vocational learning. In a speech to education professionals in London earlier this week, the MP said England's school system needed a radical overhaul with a greater focus on technical and creative subjects to equip pupils for the workplace. A spokesperson for the Department for Education has since hit back against Halfen's comments, saying... GCSEs are the gold standard qualification at age 16 and a passport to further study and employability. The Home Office has been accused of accelerating the removal of asylum seekers to Zimbabwe, despite the country's ongoing problems surrounding human rights abuses. Some asylum seekers have reported being called to Home Office centres only to face interviews with Zimbabwean government officials. Solicitor Andrew Nyamayaro has attacked the action, saying... Enforcing removals of Zimbabweans from the UK at this juncture is tantamount to sending someone to a death chamber. Charities and asylum lawyers have reported increased rates of deportation since Robert Mugabe was forced from power in November 2017. Previously, Zimbabwean authorities refused to cooperate with the UK's attempts to return refused asylum seekers. The government has pledged to stamp out breast ironing in the UK, labelling the practice child abuse. Breast ironing involves the ironing of girls' chests using hot stones in order to delay breast formation. It is usually carried out by mothers as a traditional measure to protect girls from unwanted male attention and assault, but can result in physical and psychological scars, deformities, breast cancer and inability to breastfeed. The Home Office has vowed to fight the practice and said police can prosecute perpetrators under assault or child abuse laws. While a considerable number of community workers have reported cases of breast ironing, the extent of the secretive practice in the UK is currently unknown. A survey by the Police Federation has revealed staffing cuts and increased workloads are driving officers to breaking point. It found 80% of police officers felt stressed or anxious in the past year, with 94% of those saying police duties had caused or worsened these feelings. The impact of staffing cuts was also revealed, with 90% of respondents believing there are now too few officers to meet the demands on police. Government austerity has seen 22,000 officers cut from the force since 2010. Che Donald, vice-chair of the Federation, which represents officers in England and Wales, said cuts had left policing on its knees, with the force now an overstretched service staffed by stressed and traumatised officers. A review into the future of UK news has pushed for a regulator to oversee tech firms. The Cancross Review said sites such as Facebook and Google needed to be monitored to ensure their news content is trustworthy. It also recommended the sites identify fake news and nudge people towards more reliable reporting. Undertaken by former journalist Dame Frances Cancross, the government-backed report was tasked with investigating the sustainability of high-quality journalism. Its other recommendations include tax relief for local newspapers and the establishment of a new institute for public interest news, which could channel funding to those parts of the industry it deemed most worthy of support. Two women from Northern Ireland have lost nearly £105,000 to romance scams in the last fortnight, according to police. Both cases saw the victim befriended by a man online with the requests for cash coming months later. One man falsely claimed to be a US soldier being held by authorities in Africa, with the scam's victim sending £65,000 to free him. This was just one of 39 cases of romance scams recorded by police in Northern Ireland in the first 10 months of 2018. Police believe the real number is likely to be much higher, with a spokesperson saying, we think many people are simply too embarrassed to tell us they have been scammed in a romance fraud. Fans have begun laying tributes to former England footballer Gordon Banks after his family confirmed he had died at 81 on Tuesday. Banks was the goalkeeper in England's 1966 World Cup winning squad 
and widely regarded as one of the sport's greatest. In a statement released on Tuesday, his family said, We are devastated to lose him, but we have so many happy memories and could not have been more proud of him. George Clooney has criticised the treatment of the Duchess of Sussex in the tabloid press. Speaking to Australian magazine Who, the actor claimed the media had been chasing Meghan Markle everywhere. A close friend of the Duchess and Prince Harry, Clooney said she had been pursued and vilified and chased in the same way that Diana was, and its history repeating itself. Princess Diana was killed in a car accident in 1997 after being chased by paparazzi on motorcycles. His comments come amid increasingly critical coverage of the Duchess and her American family in the tabloids, including the publication of a highly personal letter in which he begs her estranged father to stop exploiting her relationship with her husband. In business news, new figures from the Office for National Statistics, or ONS, show the British economy expanded at its slowest annual rate in six years in 2018. Last year's economic growth level fell to 1.4% from 1.8% in 2017, reaching its lowest rate since 2012. Quarterly growth also slowed in the three months to December last year, falling to 0.2% from 0.6% in the three months to September. The ONS highlighted falling factory output and slowing car production as factors behind the declining growth rates. The news comes amid existing concerns over the impact of Brexit uncertainty on the UK economy. Despite the slump, Chancellor Philip Hammond has insisted the figures show the economy remains fundamentally strong. New research from the International Council for Clean Transportation, or ICCT, has found electric cars are already cheaper to own and run than petrol or diesel vehicles. The ICCT's report studied purchase, fuel and tax costs across the UK, Germany, France, Norway and the Netherlands. Examining the costs associated with Europe's best-selling car, the VW Golf, the report found the pure electric version of the vehicle to be cheaper than its petrol or diesel equivalents across all five countries. Its affordability is largely down to low fuel costs, lower taxes and subsidies on the purchase price. The ICCT said the report demonstrated the effectiveness of tax breaks in driving the rollout of more environmentally friendly electric vehicles. New figures from the Office for National Statistics have shown UK inflation fell to a two-year low last month. Inflation declined from 2.1% in December to 1.8% in January. Economists have put the fall down to lower gas, electricity and petrol prices, with the introduction of Ofgem's energy price cap on the 1st of January also helping drive down inflation. The news follows data showing British wages increased by 3.3% last month. Tej Parikh, senior economist at the Institute of Directors, said falling inflation would mean consumers are likely to feel less of a pinch on their wallets after two years of high prices and weak wage growth. Edinburgh is to become the first British city to implement a tourist tax. The Scottish capital has announced plans to charge visitors an extra £2 per room per night for the first week of their stay. The tax will apply to all accommodation apart from campsites. The charge is expected to raise as much as £14.6 million a year for the city. However, the decision is not without controversy. While a survey found 91% of Edinburgh residents support the tax, almost half of accommodation business owners oppose it. The city's councillors voted in favour of the tourist charge last Thursday. Members of Scottish Parliament will now need to pass relevant legislation to enable the tax to come into effect next year. In environment news, researchers have warned Earth's insect life could be facing mass extinction. A global scientific review published in the Biological Conservation Journal found the extensive use of pesticides is driving down insect populations. 
More than 40% of insect species are now at risk of being wiped out, a situation which would have a disastrous impact on ecosystems worldwide. Without an overhaul of the agricultural industry and action to tackle climate change, almost all insects could vanish within a century. Discussing the findings, Dr. Francisco sanchez Bayo of Sydney University's School of Life and Environmental Sciences said, The rate of decline is really huge unless we change our ways of producing food. Insects as a whole will go down the path of extinction in a few decades. A combination of threats posed by climate change and economic vulnerability could risk a collapse similar to the 2008 financial crash, a new report has warned. The study from the Institute for Public Policy Research, or IPPR, has called for urgent reform to protect political and social systems after finding governments worldwide are hugely underestimating climate risks. According to researchers, the gathering storm of global warming, soil infertility and ocean acidification pose the greatest threat in human history. The report compiles academic research on environmental hazards, calculating the potential consequences on the global economy, migration, inequality and health. It stresses such threats could trigger a systematic collapse similar to the 2008 financial crisis, with extreme weather potentially prompting a surge of insurance claims and risking the viability of financial institutions. The IPPR has called on policymakers to tackle the dangers, saying it is doubtful that societies around the world are adequately prepared to manage this risk. In health news... MPs have spoken out against cuts to local authority spending for alcohol and drug treatment as hospital admissions for addiction problems soar. A Freedom of Information request by MP Liam Byrne, chair of the cross-party parliamentary group for children of alcoholics, revealed alcohol-related admissions in England have increased 13% since 2009. At the same time, local authority budgets for treating alcohol addictions have been cut by 4%. Speaking out on the figures, Byrne said increasing spending on preventative treatments was crucial to lowering hospital admissions, saying, We're spending money dealing with A&E admissions when we should be trying to tackle the addiction that lands people in hospital in the first place. A study published in JAMA Internal Medicine has linked high intakes of processed foods to diseases including diabetes, cancer and heart disease. The research studied the diets of over 40,000 French men and women, It found on average 14% of their diet consisted of highly processed foods such as ready meals, factory-made breads and snacks and processed meat. For every 10% increase in processed food intake over this average, their chances of dying during the study went up by 14%. The findings are likely to reflect the lack of fibre and high levels of added salt, sugar and additives in processed foods. Commenting on the study, Cambridge University professor Nita Farui said further research was needed but noted... The case against highly processed foods is mounting up. Medical experts have spoken out against the myths surrounding human papilloma virus, or HPV, claiming they could be responsible for low cervical screening rates. It follows a survey of 2,000 women by Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust, which revealed 40% of respondents worried what people would think of them if they were told they had HPV. The survey found 70% would be scared to hear they had the virus and more than 40% would worry HPV was a result of their partner being unfaithful. Researchers believe these misunderstandings around HPV could be deterring women from attending cervical screenings. HPV is a common virus which can be spread through sexual contact. Most of the time the virus remains dormant, but in a small percentage of cases it can develop into cervical cancer. In entertainment news. 
The favourite dominated the BAFTAs on Sunday, with the period comedy taking home a total of seven prizes, including Outstanding British Film, Best Original Screenplay and Best Production Design. The ceremony also saw Olivia Colman, who stars as Queen Anne in the film, collect the award for Best Actress. However, Netflix film Roma won the top award. The 70s drama collected Best Film and Best Director for Alfonso Cuaron. Rapper Cardi B has spoken out about her struggle with postpartum depression, saying... The doctor told me about postpartum and I was like, well, I'm doing good right now. I don't think that's going to happen. But out of nowhere, the world was heavy on my shoulders. Cardi B gave birth to her daughter, Culture Chiari, in July last year. Discussing her experiences in an interview with Harper's Bazaar, the New York rap artist said she initially felt fine after the birth and thought she was going to avoid the condition. Describing her recovery a few months after Culture Chiari's birth, the 26-year-old star admitted, I still don't feel like my body's the same. There's an energy I haven't gotten back yet that I had before I was pregnant. It's just the weirdest thing. The BBC Radio 4 show Desert Island Discs has been named the greatest radio programme of all time. The show was selected for the top spot by a panel of 46 industry experts, with another Radio 4 show, The Archers, coming in second place. Currently presented by Lauren Laverne, Desert Island Discs sees famous guests share eight of their favourite songs or musical tracks, a book, and a luxury item they take with them if cast away on a desert island. The programme's producer, Cathy Drysdale, put its success down to an absolute genius format and described the show's new accolade as wonderful. Guests on the programme have included prime ministers and celebrities, with recent features including Sir David Attenborough and J.K. Rowling. Elsewhere in the world... Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has hit out at Donald Trump, claiming he may not even be a free man by the time Americans head to vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Referencing the multiple investigations currently probing Trump's 2016 campaign, Warren said, By the time we get to 2020, Donald Trump may not even be president. In fact, he may not even be a free person. Warren's comments came at a campaign rally in Iowa on Sunday, shortly after she announced her intention to run for office next year. The announcement sees Warren join a handful of other politicians who have already announced their candidacy in the 2020 presidential elections, including Democrat Senators Kamala Harris, Cory Booker and Kirsten Gillibrand. Woody Allen is suing Amazon Studios after accusing the company of abandoning a film deal over a 25-year-old baseless sexual abuse allegation. The 83-year-old filmmaker announced the lawsuit last Thursday accusing Amazon Studios of unlawfully backing out of a deal involving the production and distribution of four movies. Allen claims he deserves at least $68 million in damages from the company for abandoning the agreement without cause. The studio's decision came after sexual abuse allegations dating back to 1992 and relating to his daughter, Dylan Farrow, resurfaced last year. In an email last June, Amazon Studios' lawyer stated that the renewed allegations and the refusal of top talent to work with the director supported the company's decision to back out. Donald Trump addressed a political rally in Texas earlier this week as Democrats and Republicans moved to agree a compromise on border security funding, saying, We're building the wall anyway. Negotiators from both parties have struck a deal, which they hope will avert another government shutdown. The tentative agreement allocates $1.4 billion to the construction of 55 miles of fencing on the US-Mexico border. It remains unclear whether the deal will get the approval of Trump, as it provides just a fraction of the president's $5.7 billion demand for the 215-mile wall. The last clash between Trump and Democrat legislators on the issue saw the federal government partially shut down for 35 days.
Our facts of the week are... A man from Mumbai, India, has launched a lawsuit against his parents, suing them for giving birth to him without his consent. Raphael Samuel describes himself as an anti-natalist, someone who believes it's morally wrong for people to procreate. Explaining his decision in a YouTube video, the 27-year-old said he was aware the judge would probably dismiss the case. However, Samuel hopes it will raise awareness of the issue, saying, I want everyone in India and also the world to realise one thing. They are born without consent. At least 52 polar bears have invaded the Russian island town of Belusha Guba. Local officials have been forced to declare a state of emergency over the invasion, as groups of up to 10 bears roam the town's streets and apartment blocks looking for food. The animals have reportedly lost their fear of humans. Deputy head of the local administration, Alexander Miniev, warned there had been cases of aggressive behaviour and attacks on people. A Fox News presenter has told viewers he has not washed his hands in 10 years because germs are not a real thing. TV host Pete Hegseth made the admission live on air on the channel's breakfast show this week. He claimed germs do not exist because they cannot be seen with the naked eye, and even said his health had improved since he'd stopped cleaning his hands. And finally, researchers have mapped the happiness levels of over a million Brits, finding people are at their happiest aged either 16 or 70 years old. The Resolution Foundation analysed seven years of surveys where respondents rated life satisfaction, self-worth, happiness and anxiety. Cross-reference against age, the results revealed people were most happy at 16, after which happiness declined before climbing again from the age of 51 and peaking at 70. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.